Welcome everyone to episode number 36 of the Jackson Hole Connection. I am Stephan Abrams, your host and guide today. I am on a mission to interview all of the wildly interesting folks connected to Jackson Hole and share their stories with you. Jackson Hole, Wyoming is a remarkable place which inspires people to live life outside of the boundaries of normal life. I plan on sharing that inspiration so we are all fueled by others' motivating actions. My guest today is Martha Lewis, a mom, wife, and founder of two businesses, which focuses on helping children and adults live happier, healthier lives through proper sleep. Today, Martha will share with us how she landed in Jackson Hole over 20 years ago with only $750 between she and her friend, and why Martha decided to stay in this magical valley. Martha will teach us about the four stages of sleep, why proper sleep is so important, and how most sleep issues are from our own modern lifestyle. Please enjoy today's interview, Connecting You with Martha. Before I begin, I have a quick word from one of my sponsors. The Liquor Store of Jackson Hole, locally owned and operated in Jackson Hole, Wyoming since 1985. Need help picking out wine for a date? No problem. The experienced team of TLS can help you and make you look like a master of wine and you take the credit. Want to know how to concoct the perfect scotch on the rocks? The TLS team can help, and your taste buds will love you for it. Stop in and visit the friendly, awesome staff of the liquor store. Let us entertain you. Albertsons is next to us. The liquor store of Jackson Hole, located at 115 Buffalo Way, Jackson, Wyoming. Or you can visit us at tlsofjh.com. Martha, thank you for coming to speak with me at the Jackson Hole Connection today. I'm excited to learn about you and also the business that you have started and the road that you took to get there. Thanks, Stefan, for having me. I'm excited too. And so let's begin with telling folks how you have a connection to Jackson Hole. How'd you land here? (laughs) Well... It's kind of a typical story, but about 20 years ago, this year actually, I graduated college and decided to travel out west with a friend after school, uh, kind of figuring out where we wanted to live for the summer. And we planned to go as far as Alaska. Uh, We started with, I think it was $750 cash in a bank bag (laughs) that we had (laughs) saved together our last year in college and headed out. Um, Didn't know where we were gonna end up. Had friends in Denver, so stopped there, and then came up through Jackson on our way to Oregon, Washington, to maybe go to Alaska. And ended up stopping in Jackson, and my friend applied for a job at Parks and Rec, because she had done that in college, and then we kept moving on. And I remember thinking, this seems so fake, it's this Western, look in town but so we I think we stayed a couple nights and then kept moving and she ended up getting a phone interview for this job so back in that in those days we uh, stopped at a pay phone at a certain time and she had this interview and got the job and so we said okay I guess we're gonna live in Jackson Hole for the summer and so we came back here and and moved here and what did you end up doing that first summer <laughs> ah well, I got a job as a reference librarian Ooh. because I had majored in English and thought that I should use my degree. <laughs> and then I also 
uh, started working at Snow King in the restaurant early mornings. So, Ooh, I've done early morning restaurant work. <laughs> that is fun. Oh, yeah. Bright and early serving breakfast. Exactly. When you're 22 years old and staying out late at night. Oh, yes. <laughs> so did you and your friend leave or you stayed here from that point forward? I've been here pretty much ever since. She okay. left and um, went to grad school and is now actually in Dubois, Wyoming, of all places. Not far from here. Yeah, exactly. So what inspired you to say, I'm just staying here? Because you've probably lived in maybe 10 different places since you've moved here. Yep. Um, well, it was a lifestyle. I mean, I came from South Carolina, mm-hmm. but I had gone to summer camp growing up. I had, you know, I'd gone backpacking. I'd done a little bit of rock climbing. I had done these outdoors things and totally loved it. So once I moved here and was, all I wanted to do was explore, hike everywhere. But then I also learned how to snowboard and then I learned how to mountain bike and it was, I just loved it. <laughs> and I loved being able to do that every day so you know for years I kept thinking that I should leave and you know I told my mom when I'm 25 I'll figure out what I want to do and and you know go somewhere else and but it's just so easy to say oh well I'll just stay this next summer well I might as well stay this next winter and it was probably at least 10 years of that like just I'll stay the next season or the next year until I finally said okay this is home Mm -hmm. and I can't imagine living anywhere else Was there something that clicked with you that connected you to the community that said, okay, this is going to be home now? I mean, definitely all along. That's why it was hard to think of leaving because I had made so many great friends and I'm still friends with a lot of those people from 20 years ago. So that makes it really hard to leave. And then, you know, I did go to Boulder, Colorado, ended up just for a summer. (laughs) And again, I thought I was moving there. I was going to get a real job all those things. I ended up waiting tables again, struggling to make money, like trying to imagine the winter of driving on I-70 to go ski when I could come back here and be 20 minutes away from the resort and and have a place to live and, you know, have friends and, and a community. So. And now you're a business owner. Right. Your mom, <laughs> wife, business owner. Yes. A little different than being a breakfast waitress <laughs> and uh, working at the library as the collections <laughs> person. Basically, right. you reshelled books. I was a reference librarian. Reference. Okay. My so apologies. I looked up information for people. Okay. Yes. I've research. used the reference librarian many, many times. <laughs> um, it's always easier for me to go just to the reference librarian than it is to go do it on my own. <laughs> exactly. So tell us about the businesses that you have and they're connected you have two businesses but they're very much related right they are all about sleep um you know i have one happy little camper sleep solutions in which i help parents get their babies and kiddos to sleep so that they're happy little campers Um, and then i also most recently created the complete sleep solution to help adults who are struggling with their sleep to sleep better as well come on how important is sleep (laughs) so important I think for some people more than others, for me, I sleep is very important. I'm very sensitive to not getting enough sleep, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing. But it's so important. I mean, for our long-term health, as well as, you know, our short-term quality of life, I would say, as to how you feel every day, 
is totally determined by how well you've slept. When somebody says that they only need four hours of sleep, can people really function like that? Is there a section of the society that only needs four hours of sleep? Well, technically, I guess there is. It's less than 1%. I mean, it's very rare for someone who actually only needs that amount of sleep. I think a lot of people who claim to only need that amount of sleep um, are just used to functioning on that little sleep, but that they could be way healthier and function way better if they get the recommended seven to nine hours of sleep. So I'm part of a men's accelerator group, the Lion's Pride, and the facilitators, Bill Watkins here in town. And when you join the group, one of the onboarding processes is for people to learn how to have control of their sleep patterns and how important sleep is. And they recommend that seven to nine hours of sleep, just like you said. So give some key points for people to listen. Why is it so important for somebody to get that specific range of amount of time to sleep? Right. Well, I mean, scientific studies have shown that that's the average range of what people need. So it's going to be different for everyone. Um, I mean, the way you know how much sleep you need is ideally we would fall asleep and, and wake up naturally, not have to wake up to an alarm clock and not need to sleep in on the weekends and things like that to catch up on sleep. So that's one way to know that you're getting the right amount of sleep. I mean, there's so many reasons why we need that sleep. We're, you know, you're more likely to get sick on a regular basis. You're more likely to be depressed. You're more likely to get Alzheimer's. You're more likely to get heart disease um, f- for those people sleeping less than seven hours a night. So that's a lot of where that seven hour range comes in because the risk of all these diseases is so much more when you get that less than seven hours of sleep. What about going to sleep, that process? How important is it to follow? A, is there a specified process to follow to put yourself to sleep? I mean, ideally, we would all have a bedtime routine that doesn't involve screens because those uh, keep us awake. (laughs) The blue light from screens suppresses melatonin, which is our sleepy hormone. And they also just make us wired. So, you know, ideally having this at least 30 minutes to an hour before you go to bed where you take time to wind down pretty much and not be exposed to screens. Um, Everyone's different, of course, and some people can fall asleep with the TV on and some people can scroll on their phones. Like my husband scrolls on his phone before bed, falls right asleep. He's fine. So, you know, I think it's not, you know, that's the ideal. It's not necessary for everyone to follow unless you're having sleep problems. And then I would highly suggest taking that time to wind down, not looking at screens things like that before bed. What push you to get so involved in healthy sleep habits? And how did you become educated on it, knowledgeable? Right. Well, I've been interested in health in general for a long time. I was uh, studying nutrition before, but then I had a baby who didn't sleep. Baby that didn't sleep? Right. No, come on. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it was worse than most. Because by the time he was three months old, he was still waking up every one or two hours all night long. You poor thing. I was miserable. And I didn't see it changing anytime soon. Like, you know, the things you read is, yeah, that's how it is when they're first born. But by the time they're three months old, they should be stretching that first part of the night. And all my friends' babies were sleeping five, six, seven hours, you know, in the beginning of the night at that point. And I wasn't. And 
And I, you know, it got to the point he needed me to go to sleep. So a lot of times I was lying with him at 830 at night to go to sleep. And I just felt so trapped. Like I was exhausted, but I also didn't necessarily want to go to bed at 830 with my baby. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hang out with my husband and, <laughs> and um, you know, get somewhat back to normal life. And at three months too, I had to go back to work. Um, then I was working in a, in a, at Lucky's Market in a health food store. And so it got to where, sure, if I was staying at home, I could probably figure out how to function on not getting sleep. But when I had to go to work every day, there was just no way I could do it. I, I know what you mean. I remember teething periods <laughs> and, yeah, the kids didn't sleep because it disrupted. Our, our kids actually would go to sleep, um, which was fantastic. But when that teething segment would come out and it disrupted, I was like, oh, my gosh, please don't let. And then you'd realize they're teething and that's what the problem is and it was short-lived luckily so how did you educate yourself to help other to be able to teach other people well at that three-month point when my son was three months I actually hired a sleep consultant out of state because there wasn't anyone locally doing it oh okay and I mean I struggled over that I didn't want him to cry it out all these things and I I also read like 10 books about sleep and they all say something different and I didn't know what to do and I couldn't think straight and so Um, the sleep consultant was recommended to me. So I hired her and it made such a big difference to have someone tell you, do this, do this, do this, and then have this follow-up, you know, calls with her so that we could troubleshoot problems that we were having and things like that. Um, so literally within four nights by night four, he woke up once a night. So went from waking up every one or two hours to once a night, which he did until he was six months old and started sleeping through the night. That was much better for you to... uh accomplish your sleep goals yeah I was stoked (laughs) I mean it just made me a different mom like until that point I've been like what have I done I just gave up this amazing lifestyle of playing a lot and working hard but you know to now having this baby who I'm not going to get any sleep until he's 16 years old (laughs) (laughs) so it changed you know it, it just made me even more stoked to be a mom and raise a kid here and have fun And a child sleeping does so much for their growth. Exactly. So important for them. Yeah. I mean, the growth hormone is produced while they sleep. And, you know, all this developmental stuff happens during these different stages of sleep. I truly believe now that it is just as important as healthy food and lots of love for them to get this uninterrupted sleep. And he became a much happier baby after he started sleeping better, too. So. And with a good, healthy sleep, how does that play into adults for their developmental processes as well because we're always changing as people yeah yeah well I mean it helps us be able to focus better Uh, obviously to be motivated every day you're you're going to be a lot more motivated if you have sleep instead of just getting through every day you know you're you're stoked to see what you can do that day and accomplish the things that you want to accomplish um yeah the focus is huge too for anyone working, for sure, whether it's your own business or not. So I now have a semi-smart watch and I wear it to bed at night and it tracks my sleep patterns and I can look at it on my phone to see what it was like. And I get a rating for that sleep pattern. But sometimes when I wake up in the morning, I still feel exhausted and I could have had say seven hours of sleep and, but I have a score of 60%. What can I do to improve 
that score and for others to improve that score? Well, I mean, do you feel like you didn't get enough sleep at that point? Like you woke up to alarm or did you wake up naturally? I do wake up to alarm. Yeah. Because I set alarm in the morning for me to go work out in the morning. Because if I don't work out in the morning, then it doesn't happen for the rest of the day. Right. Yeah. So if you're not getting enough sleep and you do want to get up in the morning, then I would say go to bed earlier. Mm -hmm. If that works for your circadian rhythm, I mean, that's a whole other thing too. (laughs) It's kind of finding your your own personal circadian rhythm that we're born with. So yeah, I would say that it sounds like you probably need more sleep. I mean, things like being active have a big impact on our sleep. You know, making sure that we don't consume caffeine too late in the day. Um, Alcohol before bed definitely affects our sleep a lot. So that can reduce the quality of your sleep for sure. Oh, I certainly have experienced that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Who hasn't? And so you help your clients figure out what the natural circadian rhythm is. Yeah. So then they know when the ideal time is to actually go to sleep and when to wake up. Yeah. And what's that process like for somebody to go through? Well, it just depends on where they are. Like, so, I mean, how I got into helping adults sleep was that even after my son was sleeping, I still wasn't sleeping well. And it started in late pregnancy, which I figured was hormonal. But even, you know, when he was six months old, I still didn't sleep. And even a year and a half after that, I still wasn't sleeping. And by that time, I'd done this training to to become certified to be a, a baby sleep consultant. So I was well aware that <laughs> I was a sleep consultant and not sleeping. It was super frustrating. Um, so I ended up working again with a colleague of mine who was doing this adult sleep training. And, you know, what I discovered was that I was trying to go to bed too early. And so I was exhausted. So I was trying to go to bed at 9, 9.30, having a hard time falling asleep, waking up at 4 or 5 in the morning and not being able to go back to sleep. And one of the first things she suggested was, let's move your bedtime later. And it's, it's also looking at your past history. Like, have you always gone to bed at 9, 9.30? I'm like, no, actually, it's always been 10, 10.30. And, you know, some people it's even later. So it's kind of just becoming aware of when you did sleep well, what time were you going to bed? Let's move it to that and see if that helps. And that was a huge piece of what helped me sleep better. You went to be certified to be the baby, a baby sleep consultant. Did you go back to be certified to be an adult sleep consultant as well? Yes. And what is the certification that you have and uh, what's the title of it? Yeah. So I trained with Dana Obelman um, of Sleep Sense. And so I am a certified Sleep Sense baby consultant. She started that program about 14, 15 years ago. And then she created a new certification for adult sleep called Solve Your Sleep. So I got that certification last fall as well. And is is that regulated in any way, like any other type of certifications? Um, no. Okay. I mean, I'm a member of the International Sleep Consultant. I'd have to look oh, how big is that? that. Um, I would say there are a few hundred to a thousand sleep consultants in that all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them are dealing with baby sleep, but there is they're becoming more people certified in this adult sleep as well. And why do you, do you think that people undervalue the importance of of sleep? Without a doubt. Why is that? <laughs> well, I think so much has changed in the last few hundred years of our lifestyle. I mean, you know, really quickly, I would say, um, 
evolutionary speaking. So, you know, for so long, we we went to bed with the setting of the sun and rose at, you know, the rising of the sun and we're way more in tune with with nature's rhythms. And in the past few hundred years, I mean, really, the the invention of the light bulb was huge. And then the Industrial Revolution a couple hundred years ago, too, of um, just this emphasis on productivity and efficiency and work and all those things um, that, you know, we've just started as a society um, undervaluing the importance of sleep. And now within the past few decades of having all these screens at our fingertips all the time, <laughs> it's gotten even worse. And so we're able to work all hours of the night if we wanted to. And so that temptation is just always there. And we tend to find those things more important than getting a good night's sleep a lot of times. I, I can certainly see that. And of the clients that you've helped, when you suggest to get rid of the screens 30 minutes before bedtime, what's people's normal reactions? Well, by the time I'm helping someone, they're ready to do anything. Okay. That's how I was too, you know, mm -hmm. like what what I'm doing isn't working, I'm ready to make some changes. Mm -hmm. And you pretty much have to get to that point. And yeah, it's a hard thing to do. And I th changing any habits is hard. And so I, I help coach people through that as well. You know, like the first 10 days of, of making a change are going to be hard and your brain resists it because it just wants to get back to what it normally does. And then the next 10 days tend to get a lot easier. And then by the next 10 days, you're stoked. So I... I mean, hopefully. So I like to invite people to do 30-day challenges of making these changes. And so it doesn't seem like it has to be this forever thing in the future. But just try it for 30 days. You can try anything for 30 days, right? That's right. See where you are at the end of 30 days. Mm -hmm. If it didn't work, fine. But if it did and it's made a change in your life, then you're going to be motivated to stick with it. Have you had to help people uh, wean themselves off of, say, taking melatonin every night or other sleep help pills? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I do tend to recommend supplements in certain cases. I, I do try to stay away from melatonin. I prefer tart cherry juice, which is natural melatonin instead of the synthetically made hormone. And that's been helpful to quite a few people. And I, I also help people get off sleeping pills, like prescription sleeping pills, with the help of their doctor as well. But Key, with the help of their doctor. Yes, yes, exactly. I think what you're doing is is terrific because you're helping people understand a balance of healthy living and in today's world like you said all the screen time and it's around us there's all the dings and buzzes and chirps everybody has different things you know sounds to make their phone sound cool and exciting and it's <laughs> like at some point you got to turn that off yeah um, when I joined that men's accelerator group that was one of the first things that I did is I turned all of my notifications off that's awesome and about the only thing that I hear is my phone vibrating. I typically have the ringer off unless I'm in a crowded place and I feel like I need to have that. But usually it's just vibrating. But I don't get notifications for text messages, Facebook, any of that stuff. Boom, gone. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, and I was not the guy sitting up late at night looking at that or being inundated with a lot of it because I just don't like it. Yeah. But I know that having more sleep and better sleep is I feel good but I do still run into in the afternoons about two o'clock I hit the wall sometimes yeah which is actually a normal part of our circadian rhythm and it's why so many cultures take a nap at that time 
we tend to have this dip in our circadian rhythm in the early afternoon. So it's totally normal. So with taking naps, is there a certain amount of time that is more beneficial for nap? Like, is it a half an hour or is it, hey, take a two hour nap? (laughs) Um, I think a long nap is appropriate if you are really sleep deprived for some reason. If you were up late the night before, you've been traveling or whatever, then a long nap can be great. But um, a a quick power nap, it's called, has been really shown to improve productivity and focus and kind of rejuvenate you for the rest of the day. And during that power nap, I recommend it's 30 minutes long and knowing that it's going to take you about 10 minutes to fall asleep. So really you're sleeping for about 20 minutes. And in that nap, you're only getting into stage one and stage two sleep. You're not falling into that deep sleep where then if you were woken up in the middle of it or even after it, you feel super groggy and everything. So so that, that power nap is a great thing, but 30 minutes or less is the ideal. So you mentioned stages. How many stages of sleep are there? Four stages. And, and tell us about those. Sure. So stage one is kind of halfway between being asleep and awake. It's when occasionally you know my husband's like you're snoring and I'm like I'm not even asleep yet but you are you're falling asleep but you're not quite asleep yet Um, stage two is when you're truly asleep but it's still a very light sleep so if you were woken up during that time you'd be fully aware of what's going on and and you know quick to to wake up stage three is slow wave or deep sleep and that is when um, a lot of our experiences, memories are consolidated during that time. So it's when a lot of, you know, everything that we've learned during the day, what's important gets remembered and stored away somewhere and what's not gets discarded. And during that stage, if someone were to wake you up during that stage, you'd be pretty out of it and and groggy. And then uh, stage four is REM or the dream state. So that's a rapid eye movement because uh, our eyes tend to move really quickly during that stage. And that's when we're doing a lot of dreaming. And the function of dreaming, researchers are starting to find, is that all those memories that were consolidated during deep sleep are being reorganized. So and that's when a lot of our creativity happens, because your brain is trying to organize all that information and, and put it in different places. So... So the stage four is when I'm dreaming that I'm a superhero and I can eat <laughs> all the pickles and tomatoes I want. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> I love pickles and tomatoes. Interesting. <laughs> where where you have those weird dreams, where somebody says, yeah. I had a weird dream last night, and that's in that REM. Yep. And they all, does it all mean something? Uh, there are lots of theories about that. I haven't okay. gotten into the to the dream things yet but. you're just focused on getting people to the stage four <laughs> exactly yeah. and yeah is there a amount of time that's recommended that you should be in each stage well it's interesting so those sleep cycles we go all through all of those stages is one sleep cycle and that happens about every 90 to 120 minutes so we're just transitioning through those sleep cycles all night long and the length of each one changes in different parts of the night so in the beginning uh-huh. of the night we're in more deep sleep that restorative sleep and then toward the morning we have longer you know in stage in the REM okay cycle so that's why a lot of times you wake up from dreaming and you have a lot of those dreams in the morning so it just kind of varies per person it varies throughout the night as to how long you spend in each stage I love it I love it I love it <laughs> <laughs> and what are some of the recommendations that 
if somebody is struggling with this that um, you would send them to as far as readings? Well, you know, there's a lot of information on the internet that's pretty generic and a lot of the same mm -hmm. advice, which can be helpful for sure. Um, there's a great book that Ariana Huffington wrote from the Huffington Post called The Sleep Revolution. And she's very passionate about sleep um, now after she uh, burned the candle at both ends for many years and, and had this crazy accident from not sleeping where she pretty much fell on her face. And so it woke her up literally to, uh, to how important sleep is. And so she's become a big advocate of it. But in her book, she also has a lot of recommendations too as to what's helped her sleep better and as well as why it's so important. And are you helping people locally or can you have a conference, video conference call with somebody and help them who's in California? Definitely. Yep. I okay. work with people locally and remotely as well. And how can people find you? <laughs> uh, my website is thecompletesleepsolution.com. And on there, I have a guide you can get called The Five Mistakes People Make When They Can't Sleep. And you can sign up for that there. Fantastic. And what's an email address for you? People can, if they want to reach out to you. Uh, the Complete Sleep Solution at Gmail. Okay. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for letting me dork out about sleep. No. Um, <laughs> I love it too. You know, I, I think it's one of those aspects of daily life that we don't give enough attention to. Some people do, but I think there's a lot of us, and with the screen revolution, we can call it, <laughs> that it's becoming less and less important important or acknowledged that we need to sleep properly and then somebody says well I just I feel terrible and well it's because you don't sleep enough and you're not allowing your brain to shut down yep our brains are busy during the day exactly and it's thrown so much information so um yeah I've read things where nowadays with technology our brain is thrown out so much information that maybe we retain about 10% of it to where if you look back several hundred years ago, our brains were not presented as much information as it, as it is now. Right. Yeah. And that's why I think so many people are having sleep problems now because we expect to be able to wake up in the morning, go, go, go all day long, and then be able to just crash and fall asleep. And our brains don't work that way. They need some downtime. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they need to process all that or else they're going to try and do it in the night. That's right. So. That's so true. Yeah. Well, Martha, I am so excited that you and Barry, that your son is now sleeping properly <laughs> and that you're now sleeping properly. And Me too. Thank you for finding what you're passionate about and driving that forward and studying and learning and making the investment in yourself and wanting to help others. And yeah, definitely. I hope some people listen to this and want to reach out to you to, to sleep better. <laughs> I know I can sleep better. <laughs> I hope so. I'd love to help. Cool. Well, have a great day, Martha. Okay. okay. Thanks, Stefan. You bet. Jackson Hole Marketplace, the small shop with a huge personality. Located at 4115 South Highway 89, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Or you can visit us online at jacksonholemarketplace.com. Jackson Hole Marketplace is the best little corner store not on a corner. Stop in for fresh hot breakfast and lunch made daily. Or if you're in a super hurry, there's plenty of other fast to grab and go items. Fuel the kid or a kid inside of you with ice cream, candy, snacks, and beverages. Like to enjoy the adult side of life? 
We have a fully stocked bottle shop with wines from around the globe, spirits to treat every taste bud, and really cold beer. We love treating our customers like family, so stop in and visit the team at Jackson Hole Marketplace. One more episode is complete, and I say farewell until next time. You rock for tuning in each week and sharing this podcast with your friends. Listeners such as yourself, keep me driven to continue searching out new guests to interview. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to be a guest or know of someone connected to Jackson Hole whom I should interview, send me a note via email, connect at thejacksonholeconnection.com, or you can connect with us via Facebook page, facebook.com slash jacksonholeconnection. Please subscribe, rate, and review The Jackson Hole Connection on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Five stars, of course, because I really like five stars. The Jackson Hole Connection is all about sharing, caring stories of worldly, wildly folks with a desire to share the fun side of life. This is Stephan Abrams, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. Thank you to my wife for her support. Thank you to Michael Morey for editing and directing me. Thank you to Luke Taylor for the rad music. And thank you to Tana Hoffman for spreading the word each week. Y'all come back again now, you hear?